0: Thank you A day and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. It's Friday, January 4th, 2019, 2019. Episode 297 on this Friday, January 4th, 2019, 3:05 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. You're listening to Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, broadcasting high top the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of KHMG 88.1 FM Harvest Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today. This is our, every Friday, our weekly live local talk and variety program where we spend two hours trying to entertain you, inform you, edify you in your Christian walk, and put a little smile on your face in this lighthearted approach to the afternoon, giving you an alternative, something to turn to as you're driving about, maybe running a few errands. Most of the kids... Are still on school break Except for maybe some of our homeschool friends We've got most people heading back to work soon though If you're not back already We're back In some ways we never left And uh, we have a Christmas season behind us And all the beautiful Christmas music that we were able to play throughout the season here on 88.1 FM And now we're into the new year And we'll see what the new year brings us here at Harvest Family Radio, I'm glad to have you with us though on this episode 297. Hard to believe we've been on the air for 297 episodes of Live Till 5. Many of those episodes are available via podcast on our website khmg.org, khmg.org. We'd love to have you access those resources there, not just of Live Till 5, but many great programs that are produced here at Harvest Family Radio are available through our website. We also have a library of many hundreds of sermons uh, that were preached here at Harvest or ones that we've broadcast on our radio, and you can look those up by topic, by speaker, by Bible passage. Those are all available through our website as well, so check out khmg.org. We love it when people are able to use those resources for their own personal edification also encourage you to visit us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Find us, follow us. And anytime we upload a new podcast, you'll be notified if you want to be. A couple hours after this show, our podcast will be uploaded and you'll see a little something pop up on Facebook usually. It's a great way for you to stay in touch with us as well. You can send us a private message through Facebook or you can give us a little thumbs up. Maybe give us some ideas, topics we can cover on this show. We love to hear from you. KHMG Harvest Family Radio is located in Barrigada, Guam, directly above the Hub Coffee Shop here on the campus of Harvest Ministries on the third floor, directly above the coffee shop. And uh, we're open business hours Monday through Friday. I'd love to have you stop by and, and uh, meet the crew here, Sebastian and Chris and Deborah. If you come by on a Friday, you'll see myself and Lawrence usually and sometimes some other guests, so we'd love to have you come by anytime Monday through Friday business hours So, it is the month of January, and it is the year 2019. Where did 2018 go? It just went so fast. Oh, by the way, if you ever miss the show, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m., you can catch us on The Rebound when we rebroadcast the show in its entirety, all two hours of the show, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. We do that because we know many people can't listen to two straight hours of radio unless you have it on in the background. But even then, you get interrupted. Sometimes you don't get to hear it all. Or maybe there's just something you just find so awesome you want to hear it again and again. Or you want to share it with someone else. Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. You can listen to us on the radio. You can also listen to our our stream of our radio broadcast, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, through the website khmg.org. So if you go to khmg.org, click on listen, and you'll hear our radio stream there. Now, it is the month of January, and in front of me I have provided by Bob, the registrar slash librarian. Uncle Bob, some people call him. Mr. Bob, some people call him. Mr. Shuck, some people call him. But uh, friend to many provides this list to me through his secret network of library resources. These are the different observances of the month January is, to name a few, Adopt a Rescued Bird Month, Apple and Apricots Month, Artichoke and Asparagus Month, Bath Safety Month, Be Kind to Food Servers Month, Book Blitz Month, Bread Machine Baking Month. Now, Bread Machine, I don't know how many of you still have a Bread Machine those of you that have a bread machine, when's the last time you used your bread machine to make bread? Yeah. We we tried to sell our bread machine a couple years ago, and I think we had to give it away for like $5. I, I can't remember exactly. We had a nice Zojirushi one. But uh, this month, this bread machine baking month has inspired me to make that the topic of the second hour. We're going to talk about kitchen gadgets in the second hour, and that's the topic of the day. So We'll get back to the bread machine discussion later. But yeah, we had a Zojirushi one. And we used it all the time for a period of years. Then we found out carbs are bad. We're kind of waiting for carbs to be good again. And then we can pull up, you know, go get another one. Uh, California Dried Plum Digestive Health Month. I don't know what that looks like on a t-shirt, but uh, Dried Plum Digestive Health. I think that's prunes. I think it's just prune month. Why don't they call it that? California Restaurant Month. Celebration of Life Month and Cervical Cancer Screening Month, to name a few things that are happening in January. As far as this first week of January goes, there are a few, five observances here. Celebration of Life Week is the first week of January. Diet Resolution Week, we'll probably talk about that a little later in the show. New Year's Resolutions Week, I'm definitely going to talk about that. Silent Record week, and someday we'll laugh about this week, the 2nd through the 8th. So there you go. As far as daily observances go, the first, of course, was Apple Gifting Day, Bonza Bottler Day, 1-1, remember? The day and the month correspond. It's a Bonza Bottler Day. Commitment Day, Copyright Law Day, Ellis Island Day, Euro Day, First Foot Day, Public Domain Day, Rose Bowl Game, Uh, let's see here, World Day of Peace And the uh, Tournament of Roses Parade. The second was 55-mile-per-hour speed limit day, Uh, National Buffet Day, Mm, Cream Puff Day, Motivation and Inspiration Day on the second, Personal Trainer Awareness Science Fiction Day, Pet Travel and Safety Day, and World Introvert Day. You probably didn't hear about that on the second because introverts wouldn't have told you. The third, uh, it was the Earth at Perihelion. The Earth at Perihelion, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit as well. Festival of Sleep Day. Fruit, Co- Fruit Cake Toss Day. J.R.R. Tolkien Day. Uh, let's see here. National Chocolate-Covered Cherry Day. It's always a great one to celebrate. And Drinking Straw Day. The fourth. Ooh, I wonder if Drinking Straw Day is going to change now that people are kind of the pushing for the abolishment of plastic straws. The fourth, Dimpled Chad Day. You had to vote in the uh, 1998 election, I think, to, or no, what was it? 2000 election to be thinking about that. Dimpled Chad Day. Free Flower Basket Day. I'm a Mentor Day. Spaghetti Day. Tom Thumb Day. Trivia Day. World Braille Day. The fifth, so that's today. Tomorrow, the fifth. Bird Day. Keto Day. We're going to talk about that. Screenwriters Day, Whipped Cream Day, Monopoly Game Day, and 12th Day, the 6th, Apple Tree Day, uh, Epiphany or Three Kings Day, National Bean Day, Shortbread Day, Technology Day, the 7th, uh, Harlem Globetrotters Day, uh, let's see here, Programmers Day, Bobblehead Day, Tempura Day, ooh, Tempura, Uh, Let's see here. National weigh-in day. Orthodox Christmas day. The eighth Argyle day. Many people here probably have never had to wear Argyle sweater before. Argyle day. Bubble bath day. Earth's rotation day. International typing day. Midwife day or women's day in Greece. English toffee day. Uh, Let's see here. Poetry at work day. Show and Tell at Work Day, War on Poverty Day, and World Literary Day on the 8th. The 9th, Balloon Ascension Day, Apricot Day, Law Enforcement Appreciation Day, Static Electricity Day, Take the Stairs Day, the 10th, and I'll end with this one here, Bittersweet Chocolate Day, League of Nations Day, Cut Your Energy Cost Day, National Oysters Rockefeller Day, Peculiar People Day, and Save the Eagles Day. Wow, compared to December, which really didn't have very many observances. There are a lot of observances uh, in the month of January, probably because that's by design. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Sebastian Basil will do it with the quiz. Lawrence Nangas with This Day in History. We got some tasty treats and uh, more live till 5. Please stick around. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Episode 297 on this Friday, January 4th, 3.14 p.m. Here at the KHMG Studios. Back after this. Back with a little more live till five. I'm your host Jared Baldwin, joined in studio by Chris Sebastian and Lawrence. We're gonna have an interesting uh, little food tasting today. Oh, there you go. It's just like your very first time on the air. Whoa. Remember that first time. So uh, we have Fresh take. we have some uh, special treats, some special treats here. Uh, they were not provided by the hub because the hub's been closed for Christmas break. So you know what. We're big boys. We can take care of ourselves. We can drive down to the market and get something. And so that's what I did today. By we, I mean me. Yes, you. And Sebastian and I are also both watching our um, our content, uh, sugar content. Um, what am I trying to say? Our, our sugar intake. Yeah, that's what it is. I think you can open it from the bottom like this. Mm-hmm. Peel it open. Okay, so what we have in front of us is we have some, uh, for Sebastian and I, something that is... Whole 30, keto, paleo, low carb, and Atkins friendly. All of those. All right. Mm-hmm. It's uh, low sugar, no carb, you know. And then uh, Chris and Lawrence have just a tastier version of the exact same thing. So basically, we just don't
1: they care yeah. about our sugar intake. So
0: we no. each are, are eating one of these. They're called uh, Fatty Sweet Sweetwood Smokehouse Fatty. Meat sticks, okay? And it's kind of like the, the old version was like beef jerky, but these are much more refined. And um, so we each have a different flavor. So we're going to try and describe the meat stick flavor and, or ingredient that you think is prominent forward in your meat stick there. And then you can also, everyone can see what drink they have, but they can describe what they have. These are available at the local market right around the corner where I got them. So uh, we'll let Lawrence go first. He got the most interesting one.
1: So this one, the fatty or this? Both, really. Both, yeah, okay. I'll start with my drink first. A very pink, um, I mean, almost unnaturally pink, <laughs> uh, if I were just gonna say it, but really delicious. Um, here, let me take another sip, mm-hmm. as you always do. Uh, you do. The, the listeners love that, mm-hmm. yeah. It's um, It's got some carbonation in it, of course, but not too much, so it's basically almost like an Italian soda when it comes to what's what's in your mouth but uh i saw the label it is guava but it's very it's not it doesn't overtake it it's just really really kind of calming drink really you know put some ice cubes in it a straw sit by the pool that kind of drink it's the same brand that we got the ginger beers um yeah last month this is the bundaberg yeah they uh, make good they make good drinks they do um uh, chris has another bundaberg um brand drink uh Okay, so I did some digging in my my fatty mm-hmm. sausage here, and I, I ate it about half gone, and then a little present was inside, but I couldn't place the taste. This is currently available. Until I ate the whole thing, mm-hmm. and I almost want to say that this is like a blueberry. Ding, 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 ding. A blueberry. It is.
0: Blueberry uh, meat maple. Stick. Blueberry maple. I, yeah, I want to get stick. the
1: maple, but the thing I
0: like about these—we don't sell these at the hub yet—but there is sure no no nitrates, grass-fed beef, mm. no sugar except for a little hint of cane sugar in a few of the flavored ones, and um, uh, pork raised um, with uh, cable TV. So I think they're all things that made. That, well, it's uh, pork raised. I can't tell the the label's mm. covered up. Pork raised without antibiotics, so they were very sick their whole life. But at least they're healthy. They were, but they died happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that is a blueberry maple. Yeah, um, good. It says fatty it's re- on the it's label. Really it's really good. It's a beef stick, or yeah. it's not just beef. I think Sweetwood Smokehouse,
1: fatty blueberry maple smoked meat stick. Pretty good, right? Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, better than your average jerky. That's for sure. It's a little bit more better than a slim jim. Not to use the same type of word. More meaty. Like mm-hmm. it just got a little bit more. Mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. when i
2: when i heard you say have this fatty i thought that was a little harsh
1: yeah then i this, realized comma, it was called fatty yep that's you why know? you
2: get your punctuation that's right, right. punctuation
0: yeah. get you in big trouble yeah. okay so sebastian uh tell us about uh, your treat there well um this is quite a treat because i've
3: been used to vegetables and water and tea recently for a so lengthy length for a very period. long, Full 72, for a long hours. Yeah. 72 hours 72 hours <laughs> yeah and many more hours to go <laughs> but this is like a traditional you know beef stick yeah it's another fatty <clears throat> i don't know what traditional even means for as far as this goes but because uh, they don't grow on trees or anything but uh i really don't know how to describe this it's 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 a meat stick and it's uh Plain. salty um, I don't really taste a particular flavor. Maybe my taste buds have all died over the last seventy-two hours. I, don't I know. doubt it. In
1: fact, <laughs> they're probably relaxing and you, taking a break. You,
0: do
3: you like the way it tastes? I
0: mean, that's some
1: well, delicious.
3: yeah. Because would it's you get something it again? Different, you know.
0: Uh, I, I would. It's mm. not a celery stick. <laughs> Therefore, I would it's eat a it meat again. stick. And it's just the original steak. flavor. You got the original oh, flavor. What so a blessing! And then, when you uh, go, you can get one of the originals. Of I'm yeah.
3: sipping on this. This. Uh, slightly red drink, um,
1: and probably not a whole lot of taste to it.
3: Well, actually, there's a surprising amount of taste,
0: but I don't know oh. if that's just the carbonated... Very flavorful. That's yeah,
1: everything but the sugar in there.
0: I think it has that xylitol in it. Is oh. the sweetener? So it's xylitol. oh, that sounds healthy. Yeah. I don't know if that's approved. <laughs> they play that at the band concert mm. as well. On
1: the xylitol and the marimba. They do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Special but, mallets.
2: Yeah, this is a, a
3: nice cherry lime flavored drink. Yep. Um. It's, I, I feel like, you know, I'm cheating on my diet. With, You're not. With this You're not. Because it's so good. Yeah. I mean, I had sweet potatoes the other night. I felt like I was cheating because it mm-hmm. was like sweet. And I was like, this is well, amazing. They were sweet and they were that's, potatoes. It's called, that's <laughs> Zyance.
0: Zyance brand. X-Y-I-E-N-C-E. Zion's energy drink. <laughs> zero calorie, zero sugar, cherry lime. It's really good. Carbonated. Tastes, tastes good, right? It, it does.
3: Yeah, it's hmm. wonderful.
0: Okay, uh, Chris, how about you?
2: You know, I knew the taste of this uh, Bundaberg sarsaparilla. I like to say the word sarsaparilla. Uh-huh. Pastor and I talked today about, uh, on on the show we were doing, about uh, favorite words. Sarsaparilla would be right up there with favorite words. Mm-hmm. Bundaberg is a good one. Bundaberg isn't so that's bad a, that's either. A cooler one. And then... It's really good. And then the the beef stick I have here, I don't know what the flavor is, but it's nice and light. It's not, you know, sometimes I remember growing up, what I would do is my dad would go to the meat store, um, Eggers Meats in Spokane, Washington, local meat place. And when we would go, uh, we'd like to go with him because he would buy us a beef stick, right? That's what he, just a little, just a small one. But- that was a great thing well this is this is not as harsh as that was right. that was very it had a a little bite to it yep this is very uh calm it's very um i would say it's uh it doesn't have it doesn't have any of that but it's got a great taste yeah i don't know I can't place what the taste is it's just it's kind of smoky and I, I, I don't really it's I don't,
0: honey barbecue. Oh, honey barbecue. I can see barbecue. The reason why it doesn't have the kick, I'm not sponsored by them yet, uh, (laughs) is it doesn't have uh, the nitrates that most uh, commercially processed sausages Uh. fill it full in nitrates, which gives it kind of a bite. And then also they'll pump a bunch of citric acid in there to help preserve. Okay, And this doesn't have a lot of that. So that's why it doesn't have that. That slim jim, uh, the old fashioned beef stick yeah, flavor, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, it brings it. It uh, what it did is it brought good memories to mind of going to the Eggers good. Meats with my dad.
0: We good. had we had we called it the meat market. Yeah. Everything else was a store, but right. it seemed like meat was from the meat market.
2: My dad would get uh, German sausage. Mm. That was his main. That's what he liked to get. The German sausage, just oh, fry yeah. it
0: up in a
1: frying pan. Oh yeah,
0: in a real casing. Yeah, you know? oh yeah. yeah, that's You good. couldn't. You you can't have that on your whole thirty diet. Though, uh, no. no, no. Probably I saw a not.
1: Braunschweiger at I can't? the store the other no. day. Yes,
0: right. I still me of have it. show. Why can't yes. I have that on my whole thirty? It depends on what's yeah. in it. Depends on. You'd have to check, make sure there's no sugar in it because well, they it do is, put sugar. In mean, you can have, have it
2: as well. Yeah, you can have apple,
0: but you just can't have straight up sugar, right?
2: No. Okay, maybe, okay, man. You, know maybe you can. I had no Go idea. I'll tell it was you, so great.
0: mine, yeah. which is gone now, I had the jalapeno flavor, and it's not super spicy. It
1: just has a little Barely hint at all. of heat. In right? fact, it's a little bit of an interesting taste when you first taste it. Right. Five seconds later, because I had a bite. You can feel it, right? It's It actually is a good aftertaste. Yes, right. I feel it right back so here. Some things you eat are really good coming in, and then a terrible aftertaste. This was kind of the opposite of that. It was, eh. On the first bite, but then good after a while. Yeah, yeah. It especially once you know what it is. So I also True. because True. this
0: is a a show for refined, aristocratic type people. I also brought some cured meats and cheese. Yeah, that I want you guys to try, and I want you to guess what kind of meat do
1: you believe that is. Is it? I mean, it, it. I think it's like a salami. It's like a smoked pepper salami, or a black cracked pepper salami, and the cheese I would guess is like a provolone. Um. Yeah, provolone would be my guess. What do you
2: think, Chris? It appears to be provolone. That's what it looks like. Yeah. And I would have guessed, just looking at the meat, I would have guessed salami. Mm-hmm. I have not tasted it. Yeah. Yet,
1: well, we'll see if you can but, confirm. Yeah, I, yeah, give it a shot. To me, provolone is, when it comes to a mild tasting anything... Yes. Provolone is like the quintessential it mild It melts tasting. nicely. Yeah, it's, it does. It's, it's, it's I just, good at room temperature. I like a little bit more of a cheese that's kind of biting you on the way down. Yeah, I like, like the white cheddar, Vermont like, uh, white cheddar. Yeah. I just had some good... Uh, I'm sure
0: all the listeners are thrilled that this is the cheese yeah, show now. Yeah, divulging of But it. I had Kerrygold, you know, the company that makes the Irish uh-huh. uh, grass-fed butter. They have the Kerrygold Dubliner cheese at some of the Paylesses right now. And it's just a block of like a white... It's a combination of cheddar. No, no, this not. I know what you're talking about. This one, no, it's just a clear case. That was amazing. This is a combination somewhere between parmesan, which is a dry, Mm -hmm. hard, and white cheddar. It's Mm. right in between, so you can slice it and you can eat it, or you could grate it. And it's called Dubliner, and it's by Kerry Gold. You should check it out if you like. I'm a cheese cheese person. I'm a cheese fan.
2: When I was in Wisconsin, every once in a while, I would catch the tail end of a show by A cheesemonger talking all about cheese techniques, cheese kinds,
0: and so you know, on public I,
2: radio. Yes, I think I, had I a actually, when show. I was
0: driving around Wisconsin the last year, or two. Yes, I, so. I heard that a little bit also. Yeah, and
2: it's long, it's not a 10 minute show. Well, I'm they're talking, they, it's like 40 minutes. The long.
0: Frigo World headquarters, I believe, is somewhere there in Cancuny or whatever, someplace <laughs> like that. Um, okay, so that is salami, that's an Italian yeah, dry salami. salami. Nailed it. And it is provolone. It's a processed provolone. It's kind of an American flavor of provolone. Hmm. <coughs> but here you go. The differences. Because a lot of times people are like, what's the yeah, difference between salami and, and
1: pepperoni? I'm just such a huge Swiss fan, so. Yeah.
0: So Genoa salami, traditionally made with pork and veal, seasoned with garlic, red wine, and pepper. That's Genoa salami. Saprasata. Usually made with pork, Soprasata has higher fat content, more rustic appearance than most salami. Typically pressed with heavy weight while cured until it loses 30% of its weight, intensifying its flavor. Uh, pepperoni, not a traditional Italian salami. Uh, no, it's to popular put on opinion. pizza like That's it is. Right. Pepperoni is an Italian-American invention, finely ground, lightly smoked, and spicy. So it's red because they put spice in it, right. and it's an American, Italian-American thing. Uh, herbed and peppered salamis, Traditional salami it has surprise been rolled and cracked in uh, rolled in cracked pepper, basically in herbs. Mm-hmm. So I've seen that before. Sounds spicy. Nuja N D U J A, just the spreadable salami made of pork meat, pork fat, spicy red pepper. Mm-hmm. That sounds like the Bronswager of salamis, that right sounds there. Sounds like it. And then finally, kato salami. This is what my parents would try and buy. Yeah, the Oscar Mayer kato salami when um, they knew I wouldn't eat the bologna or the bronze swagger, they'd get kato salami, which I would eat. If, if, yeah. if there was no ham, I would eat kato salami, salami that has been partially cooked or smoked before or after curing, so kato salami is hmm. – and it, it came as a lunch, luncheon meat with the, with the peppercorns in it. And so on the rank of lunch meats in the 1980s, this is, ham was number one, kato salami number two – Pickle loaf number three. Pickle loaf's not bad. Braun Swagger at the bottom of the list. Yeah. We never So got you only p- had four meats? Well, that was the only choices. Oh, there was olive loaf before below right. pickle loaf. Yeah, we got pimento poor. loaf. Oh, pimento loaf. Yeah. Yes. Now that would. Yes, I do remember that. I don't yeah. think
1: we ever would buy that because we would get pimento cheese spread. I think they realized oh. in research that taking the name of loaf out of these things. Yep. Brought up the marketability. <laughs> especially for children. High. Yeah.
0: Mom, not the loaf. Not the turkey please, loaf. No loaf please. Yeah. Anything
1: with loaf is just over there with casserole in the corner as unmarketable.
0: Well, uh, listeners, I hope that you just pull over right now and just buy some type of, you know, <laughs> salami, pepperoni, yeah. or something with the name loaf in it. We're gonna take a very short break and reset here. When we come back, a little this day in history. And uh, Sebastian had to run to the airport, but he'll be back with his quiz in a little bit as well. So stick around more live till five after this short break. With a little more live till five. It's three thirty-seven p.m. on this Friday, January fourth, two thousand and nineteen. That is twenty nineteen. Episode two hundred ninety-seven. Only three episodes away from the big three hundred. I have to think of something special for the big three hundred. I think Sebastian will be done. Well, I won't say, but maybe we can get get his the, the uh, staff baker to make us something for the big three hundred. Uh, New Year's resolutions for you listening. In your car or at home or at work, did you make a New Year's resolution this year? And are you the type of person that makes New Year's resolutions? Or do you just resolve to do things as they come up? Do you make decisions throughout the year and then kind of make a commitment? We all have a hard time sticking with certain commitments. We just, we get thrown off our game sometimes. And um, even though New Year's resolutions, I think particularly in America, is kind of a big deal um, matter of fact, I have in front of me. Well, when I say in front of me, I mean somewhere near me here. Uh, uh, article about how on January first, the here it is, the Christian Post. Uh, U Version Bible Plan gets one million subscriptions on New Year's Day, sixty-two percent increase from last year. And it goes on to say the popular version Bible app plan got over 1 million new subscriptions January 1st. Launching in 2008, version is a downloadable app for smartphones, allows users to access the Bible in assortment of different languages and versions. The Bible plan subscription allows those with version to pair daily passages from the Bible with audio, video, or devotional content. These plans are available in more than 50 languages, help guide people in reading through the Bible over the course of 90 days, six months, or a year. And uh, when you kind of get down... Uh, to the bottom of the article. Basically, they're just saying how so many people, so many new subscriptions to reading plans started up on January 1st. I would say that would be a, a positive thing about making New Year's resolution. Hey, you're recommitting yourself. It's a new year. You're gonna you're gonna kind of get started. But uh most New Year's resolutions are not followed. I just saw a little YouTube video about resolutions, and I think they said 65% of New Year's resolutions fail uh, pretty quick after they're made. So uh, New Year's resolutions, though, go back all the way to the Babylonian Empire. And uh, then it continued on with the Romans for a while. And then now, to this day, according to this article I'm reading from Mental Floss, the traditions of the ancient Babylonians and Romans continue around the world. So much that Google launched a quote-unquote resolution map in 2012 where people could add resolutions to see and see others adding theirs in real time. However, no matter how many people participate in Google's project, the numbers are bleak when it comes to the amount of people who maintain the resolution. Only 9.2% of people are successful in sticking to them. That's much lower than what I just said. Most popular resolutions, lose weight or eat healthier, get organized, get organized, save more money, quit smoking, enjoy life, spend more quality time with close friend or family, get it, stay healthy, learn something new, help others pursue their goals, or find love. If those failed resolutions above look familiar remind you that the whole concept is a bust, or if they inspire you to create your own list of promises for 2019, just remember that this tradition is destined to live on. We have 4,000 years worth of history telling us that people have been making New Year's resolutions every Year, so it's very interesting. And uh How I those
1: resolutions were unmeasurable, so it would start right. by, you know, making one that can be yeah. measured.
0: Yeah, I, th- I just heard a, be a acronym, something oh, okay. a smart. It's got to be like, uh, it's got to be measurable, attainable. It's got to be realistic. Uh, I can't remember what the other two uh, yeah. letters in the acronym are for, but basically, if you're going to set any goal, it it has to have kind of a start and stop point, and it's got to be something that you can attain and something you can measure to know if you're getting closer to it or not. I think
1: a lot of the problem is people put goals and re- uh, resolutions, if you will, but uh, they've never really understood how to even keep something extremely small. Mm-hmm. So then there's a lot of anticipation of December coming up, coming up, coming up, and then January 1st sits and I'll start a new thing just hard and fast, start a new thing. Unless you've already got some routines set up before, which could be the first resolution you set up right? to base a routine of some sort. Uh, it is tough to change. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why starting any sort of small little thing that you change in the middle of the year, in the middle of March. And yep. then then you're ready for it. But that's why I just I try to make goals whenever, yep. not necessarily wait for January first. Too much anticipation and a letdown.
0: The the other day I heard someone use the phrase they said, Well that's emptier than a uh, or that's more useless than a gym membership in late January or something like that basically a lot of people go out and start up <laughs> yeah they're their packed. the gyms are packed stuff. in January right and then uh, uh, three or four weeks later you know not so much so no
1: no they did work off Christmas so yep. so kudos yep. to them Yep. but as far as changing anything in their life yeah hmm. yeah we started what? Well, we started a little competition last year we did. into January. On the,
0: yeah, I think we I, we weighed in on the 11th and we started like on the that next Monday. That
1: was good. There's been no talk of that recently. Yeah, I not, think there'd not be. So much. I think there'd be a pretty salty member, if you will, if we tried to do it again because. He, he wouldn't be able to compete this year because yeah. he did so well.
0: Yeah, he did, and he's kept it off. Yeah. Really, he's, he's inspirational the real in many winner. ways. The yeah. real winner.
1: The true winner. You and I, we're happy eating I'm, Brandenburg I'm, and baddies. Well, fatties. I am
0: drinking <laughs> Zion's Energy Zero Sugar. That's awesome.
1: So I'm, you that's, know, that's my try, thing. I'm trying to trying to be careful
0: here. So, hey, uh, so, Lawrence, it is the 4th of January. I was looking at a couple of this week's in history. I'll bounce them Those off you, fun. and then you do yeah, this you day. So, this week... Um, it's not a history thing; it's more of a science thing. The Earth reached it, reached its perihelion. Um, it's when the Earth is closest to the Sun, ninety two million miles away from the Sun. Happened on or near January third, January fourth, and the Earth is farthest away from the Sun, July fourth,
1: three million miles further away than uh, this time of year. It's a lot of miles. You think three million miles would change? The heat. So, I mean, yeah. it would be maybe 65 here. Right, right. No, it'll be 80. No, nope, not for us. Uh, 1431, this week in history,
0: the English took Joan of Arc to France, uh, where she was given uh, mm-hmm. to the Inquisition for her trial. trial At age was 16, a witch. Mm-hmm. Joan heard the voice of God, supposedly, to tell her to take a number of actions, including lead Charles the Seventh to his crowning as a king. She was also supposed to get British the British out of France. It took a while, but she finally got permission to see Charles yep. VII, who agreed to lead the her let her lead the French army. Troops believed that Joan, their new commander, was a saint. She led them to victory in Orleans and then later stood by Charles VII's side when he was crowned king. However, the king did nothing to help when Joan was ultimately captured by the Burgundians, French people loyal to England, mm-hmm. and put on trial. Interesting. Oh. Burned alive.
1: Yep. Wow. Yep. They thought uh, what she did was too... Unnatural, basically. Um, yeah. Well, she's for a
0: 16-year-old girl. Yeah,
1: to I mean. have a dream and, and follow it up, Yeah. basically. Wow. Rode a horse like a man does for the first time. All the ladies rode side saddle, side saddle, and she's the first to actually straddle a horse. Wow. I guess on record, maybe. That's... Happened before her, but she was kind of known for that. Tragic.
0: Uh, 1777, the British attacked the Continental Army, started the Battle of Princeton. Yeah. So the night before January 2nd, British Commander Lord Carnwallis... Corn Carn, Wallace, Cornwallis <laughs> That's how they say Karn. it back, back in the day. Uh, had learned where General Washington's troops were at and planned to attack them in the morning. Washington realized this, so he and his troops left the Continental Army's General Hugh Mercer led troops ahead of Washington and his, and his men and was attacked on the way. Washington and his troops arrived. They helped Mercer's troops in the battle. They then went on to defeat the British in Princeton. General Mercer ultimately died of his injuries, but had been loyal to his men during the battle. So you probably heard all that as a a history professor. Yeah, a lot of Um, battles. And then Alaska became the 49th state in 1959 here. So Alaska ranks number one land area. I saw an overlay of Alaska over the rest of the continental United States. I think we've talked about this. It's huge. Yeah. Has also the tallest mountain, formerly known as Mount McKinley, Now now called Denali. Denali. The capital of Alaska?
1: Uh... Juno. Juno is no, correct. I don't.
0: That's why I asked you. <laughs> yeah, but its largest city is <laughs> I just think anyone? Of Anchorage, anyone, I
1: think Anchorage, Anchorage for sure. Its
0: greatest city is Fairbanks, it's and greatest, uh, yeah. greatest yeah, city yeah, there you in the go. world. <laughs> so, those are all things that happened this week in history, and then there are two interesting things, uh, this week in history in church history. Uh, one John Wycliffe was killed, mm. was martyred, yeah. Um, he oversaw what was believed to be the first translation of the Bible in English. True, and uh, kind of follower called Lollards. Yep, forerunner to the Protestant Reformation, known
1: for his criticism of the Catholic Church while directing the, the nickname was the Morning Star, of the Revolution, or oh, really? of the Reformation. From he was, yeah, because he started all that.
0: August 1380 until summer of 1381, Wycliffe uh, was in his room at Queen's College, busying his plans for translation. Uh, for the Bible, an order of poor preachers who would take the Bible truth to the people so and so basically he was he died this week in history and third what was that i don 't have the date in front of me now thirteen eighty four sorry and then charles finney Charles Finney, kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum mm-hmm. um, he was uh started his preaching career this week in history, and so hmm. don 't need to say much more about Charles Finney, but <laughs> You got basically the cool. reformer of reformers, then you got Finney, who was kind of on the opposite end of, but still kind of all under the tent of uh, Christianity there. So those all happened this week in history. Lawrence, what happened on January 4th? This uh, history?
1: 1642, Char- uh, King Charles I with 400 soldiers attacks the English parliament. Uh, this is part of the, the um, I just forgot, Oliver Cromwell and the... Um, Against Charles I. Were the First, was that the Roundheads or the yeah the Roundheads round versus the um yeah I'm forgetting all my Roundheads were you know where I learned that on this show a couple years ago with you yeah you and
0: it I you teach so well I, I remembered I, it
1: I'm I'm blanking on my <laughs> on my English history right here of what this battle's called and who the who the Roundheads and the um. And who the other group was? Battle of the Paper Tigers or something like that? Oh, wasn't Paper Tigers something? Probably Paper Lions, maybe. Um, (laughs) So, 1780. Speaking of George Washington, snowstorm hits George Washington's army at Morristown, New Jersey. Uh, This is part of the um, many different uh, conflicts with weather that Washington, I guess you could say, fought through. Uh, In the Revolutionary War, a lot of the things he did that made him such a great general revolved around getting his men with morale through a winter. (laughs) Yeah, because there's about four or five winters of the war, 1776 to 1780, roughly, Um, and and each of those things, whether it be Valley Forge, crossing the Delaware on Christmas, uh, you know, all those different things he did, all were in the winter, and um, which is why he's. For many reasons, known to be such a great general and then president. Uh, 1847, Samuel Colt sells his first revolver pistol to the United States government. So the Colt revolver was a um, kind of a staple there for a while.
2: Yeah. Uh, it was a revolutionary weapon. Yep.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. 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 I, it was, it was, um, the revolving, I think it's the revolving which is what its the name is, the revolver yeah, right. but it's the, without having to load them all the time. Right,
0: yeah. Yep. Uh, you could have uh, five or six shots depending on right, which revolver right. and the Colt sidearm became kind of the standard for um, the military, law enforcement things like that through all that time and it's interesting to, to read what happened to the Colt family.
2: There's some sort of quote about God created man, mankind but Mr. Colt made us equal or something yeah like that. it's yeah because There's, it was the his his yeah. gun
0: was called the it was called the the equalizer or yeah, something like equal, that yeah
2: it, it it made you the the theory is that you could you could fire one after another yes and you could um
1: yeah which was again know. revolutionary yeah it's like the the but Colt made all men to equal, that's okay i, I talked about the, the roundheads uh, and yeah
0: yeah i would try and google it but my data seems to be down
1: yeah don't you hate that I do 1958 Sir Edmund Hillary reaches the South Pole Uh, I think one I don't think that's the first but Edmund Hillary was a famous explorer Uh, I do know that and then uh, Walter Cronkite ends hosting weekly documentary yeah so he had done that a long time Um, and then uh, again we always like to end with something that's pretty pretty happy and so the one thing I found here oh First, before we get there, 2000. The day after accepting the head coaching position of the New York Jets, Bill Belichick resigns. <laughs> oh wow! So yeah, he was head coach for a day, and then um, in 2016, Colombo's Gemology Institute certifies world's largest ever blue star sapphire at 1,404 carats, found in a Sri Lankan mine in August 2015. Wow! So 1,400 carat blue star sapphire wow what a rock wow yeah that's uh so that's that's, this day that's almost as big as the one you bought for lindsey when you got engaged almost almost now mine was a diamond but it's almost the same size and worth but yeah good thing she has such big hands it really (laughs) it's really good she
0: does oh boy that's hilarious okay so uh what are you doing this weekend Lawrence you got some um, basketball going yeah on?
1: I do actually I'm going over to uh the FD jungle in about half an hour for uh, a game tonight and then uh it's the GSPN preseason tournaments this whole next week fr- tonight to next Friday uh so a lot of basketball over there if you ever interested whether it be to come to watch harvest or any of the high school basketball teams play uh there's a couple games tonight um then there's about six games tomorrow and Sunday, and then there's a couple games each of the nights next week. So, yeah, it's good. It's a good opportunity for the boys to play and uh, for things to get kicked off here coming out of the Christmas season. It gives them something to look forward to, practice for over Christmas, things like that. So, yeah, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I think the guys are pretty excited. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's the main thing. And then we have our in-service speaker coming in tomorrow night. So uh, he's a buddy of mine from, from college who's now uh, the department chair at a university, so um, he's, he's a busy guy, but he's been able to come out for a week, do our in-service, kind of be around, see the place. He was supposed to be here before, but he got injured. He was. He was supposed to be back in August, but then um, had an accident, and so now he's feeling better, good to go, and so he'll be out here tomorrow night, and so we're looking forward to hosting him, and then Saturday night, or Sunday night, my parents get back in, which is cool but they're bringing my other grandma as well yeah so she's going to be here for a month so yes. Both grandmas out here. One's gonna be living out. with you, right? One is up with us. Yeah, okay. we've got the guest room about ninety percent ready. Beds in there. We put some things up. Got some lamps and side tables and things like that. She can change
0: the baby's diaper and stuff. Yeah, she'll be
1: more than willing to, to get really up. get up. Yeah, her jet lag should be good for the whole month. How old is she? Uh She's she's eighty six or eighty seven. Okay, maybe that's not a good idea. No, maybe You better let her sleep. And my other grandma's ninety two. That's out here. So, wow. wow. Yeah, and they're longevity. friends. They're lifelong friends. Oh right? yeah, they've yeah. they've done a lot of traveling together uh been friends for a long time um which which is nice which is nice so I looked up your uh, whole roundheads
0: thing here. Um my my data finally came on. It's the roundheads again which were the
1: parliamentarians and right. the Royalists which are also called the Cavaliers. And they were with that's what it is. Cavaliers yeah. what I'm thinking of and they were with Charles the um Charles the First. Yep and the Battle of Worcester Wor- Worcester well, that's a battle. It's a it's yeah. a war they though. had a lot.
0: Battle of Naseby. The Basically, uh, the establishment of the Republican Commonwealth under Oliver Cromwell mm-hmm. was the result of this.
1: And Charles II had to be exiled, and Charles I was executed. Well, that's, that's the, that was the problem. That's what I t- explained the last time I was up there, as I said. <laughs> I said, so Charles I wasn't liked. He was doing a poor job, so they got Cromwell to come in. He won. But then they're like, so what do we do with this guy? He's not royal. We don't have him be king. He didn't want to be king. Do we have his son be king? Well, they decided against that, which is probably wise. And they went back to the other family with Charles II and and um, his younger brother, whose who's, my mind is um, not as sharp today. Anyways. They were not; they were Catholic, and England didn't want to be oh. Catholic, and it wasn't a problem until he got married and had a son when he was in like his sixties or seventies. So they went from "Oh, he'll die single," and then we'll get a whole new line in here. And they got married and had a child way late in life, and that's when the Glorious Revolution happened, as they ousted them and brought in William and Mary and the rest of history. So, uh, yeah, it was. It's one of those. It's uh, one of those times in histories where a little bit of unknown is an unrest, I guess you could say. Of. What English royalty looked like. Um, they tried. They tried to stick with the right family, but in the end, the religion thing was too much. I think so. that I would have been a royalist, not because of um,
0: I have any political affinity to that side of the argument. <laughs> I just like the term cavalier instead of roundhead. Yeah, roundhead like, is really you rough. know if 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 it was spirit week, if, if and you're you 6 T-shirt, if you're a sixth grader, right. Who's your You're going I with mean, a better name? Who's your who, who's your uh your 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 mascot? You know, you want a guy that's like a knight and cavalier or you know that, or that's or do you want a guy a, that's a steed looking more like Friar Tuck with exactly. the round head and the little patch of right. hair around the outside? Doesn't it make sense? So no wonder Chevrolet came out with a cavalier in the nineteen eighties, yeah, but there's no Chevrolet round head. No. Could you Even though the Roundheads won. Like? They did. Yeah. They did. The Volkswagen Roundheads. Doesn't round always head. pay to win. Yeah, no. it's it, it makes perfect sense that the Cavalier is a better name. So anyway, I thought they would have. If it was America, we're, we're maybe more shallow than that. We would have probably just chosen by name. So anyway, well, I just want to get some clarification on yeah, that. So yeah. uh, I have like two minutes before the top of the hour. So you got basketball all weekend. Chris, you've been taking a lot of pictures lately. Yeah,
2: doing really some photography. I really like the one
0: you just posted a little bit ago.
2: Yeah, we're. I'm. I'm trying to do another 365 project this year. Trying to get. Um, I, I'm trying to build up my library a little bit because I post them on uh, the uh, KHMG um, Instagram as well. So I do a daily picture there, and then I do uh, daily pictures on uh, my site as well,
0: and on my Instagram, and so.
2: Yeah, and it's fun. You like
0: the the green lizard uh that oh. you captured on film today is pretty awesome. That was a um a um green Is it anole?
1: Anole. Anole. Yep.
0: yep. A green anole.
2: It was cool. It was over at Is it uh, the bright
1: lime green looking ones?
2: Yeah, th- this is it right here. I, I've got a picture. I
0: always that. thought it was a type of monitor lizard, but it's actually... And it, oh, yeah. The skin is yeah, those rough. are very pretty. The skin
1: is yeah. rough. It's not like I mean, slimy. for being a reptile, it's a pretty color, I should say. Yeah. Not they're pretty.
0: They're really good at climbing walls. I see them around here quite often. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: so trying to get some nature photography and now, wildlife. You said
0: you're doing something different this time as far as like the lens or something. What well, are you trying to do different I
2: try time? I just tried to give myself... I find um, some sort of limitation helps your creativity a little bit. Yep. And uh, so I decided to do only a, only landscape format. So Mm -hmm. no vertical images, landscape format, three, two crop. So that means that's like a standard film crop. Yep. So no crop and square images to try to make it So the picture has to be
0: good from the beginning. Got
2: to be good from the
0: beginning. So that's helpful. That's cool. All right. Well, Chris, I think people should check out our Instagram there. Lawrence, have a great basketball tournament. Thank you. And a great weekend. And uh, apologize to Lindsay for my comment about the size of our hands. I'll be sure to mention it. (laughs) Okay. Thank you very much. I won't say anything else about it on the radio. Uh, Listeners, stick around. We have a second hour of Live Till 5 coming up after the SRN News. You're listening to us here on KHMG. 88.1 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barrigada Guam, episode 297 on this Friday, January 4th, back after this news break. And we're back with a little more Live Till 5. Friday, January 4th, 4.04 p.m. That's my favorite part of the song. I- I'm amazed that someone can play the violin like that. Hmm. We have few people here that can play like that. Wow. I think K.S., I think, can play the violin like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, she's 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 accomplished, so and she listens to the show. we us have to time. her try to do that live on the show Ooh, one day. That would be good. Maybe i get sure. her and Mike Talk M to come that. up and yeah. uh yeah. That'd be great. Well, uh welcome back, listeners. It's four oh five PM on Friday, January fourth. This is episode two hundred and ninety seven. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, and this is Live Till Five if you ever miss part of the show. Saturdays, noon to two, Sunday nights, seven and nine PM. Catch us. We rebroadcast the show in its entirety all two hours of it. So catch us on The Rebound, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m., or go to our website. Matter of fact, go to our website anyway, khmg.org. It's just a good idea. Trust yeah. me. You'll be glad you it's did. good idea. You'll never regret it. khmg.org. You can download the podcast of this show and many other great programs. Chris, what are the other programs that we produce here that we can you can download through the website?
2: Well, uh, we have Heart of Harvest with Pastor Heron and... Um, And our former pastor, Harvest Echoes, uh, Building Great Leaders with Dr. Olala. A lot of people talk to me about that. They really love Doc O. Living Um, Redemptively. Living Redemptively with Dr. Doug McLaughlin. He's one of the great, great all-time expositors. And um, there are little uh, clips of Take Note as well from the afternoon live. And then Dr. Carson uh, Fremont. Dr. Carson Fremont. Oh, yeah, that's right. on On the website as well. And yeah. I don't know what else? Do you Anything do? Else? Uh,
0: do you play clips of the Harvest Highlights Student of the Week interviews um, on Student the website? Student of the Week interviews are on the school website. School website,
2: HCA, okay. and then forward slash SOTW. But those are produced
0: here at the KHMG studios as well.
2: Yeah, on campus somewhere. They just take a remote. Up. Uh, yeah. My wife Deborah just takes a a remote uh, recorder and goes out and interviews them right on the playground. Excellent.
0: Basically. So. Excellent. Great recording so people go to khmg.org, and they can download the podcast of all those shows. Plus, we have a library of some great resources, sermons that have been mostly preached here, I believe, all the, the messages we have cataloged yeah. on our website. All
2: the Harvest Echoes, the 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 ones that haven't been presented here are from Dr. Olala, so those are building great leaders. We have messages. his library
0: from where he's preached abroad, yep. but uh, other yeah. than that, there are a few hundred sermons out there cataloged yeah, by topic. There are
2: and- around 300, and then... Some of them are not in that library, but you can find the latest messages. Sebastian posts those latest messages. The Heart of Harvest, Living Redemptively, and then the latest Take Notes are there as well. Just clips, just about five-minute,
0: six-minute clips of Take Note. Sure, sure. Excellent. All right. Well, that's great. Now, Sebastian, he had to to leave and come back. Do you still like the cherry lime drink? Is it still still tasting good yeah I mean I I might take it home to my wife and just see like what she thinks because I know she's craving something yeah you know foodies and they're not a sponsor yet um (laughs) uh, but uh swing my foodies they have a couple different flavors beyond just these but this first place I've seen these exact drinks so maybe they have them other places I just didn't notice maybe I just wasn't looking for a sugar free drink before the way I was today so no caffeine either so it's good wow so, uh, Sebastian. Now, Lawrence had to leave. So, this is just a head-to-head, you know, uh, roundheads versus cavaliers type. Um, mono perfect. e mono. Yes. Me versus Chris. Or Chris versus I. Yeah. Um, quiz here. So, yeah. go ahead. Give a, give, let me Hold on. Let me see. Do I have a Sebastian right song there. here? Oh, there it is. It's right right there. there. Look at that. Yes. It's been a while. It's time
3: for Quiz Jerky. Ooh. Let your mind chew on that. I capitalized chew on that for emphasis. Nice. That's great. That's great. That's good. That's good radio theater right there. <laughs> All right. So, I only have four questions here, but
0: these are pretty pretty good questions. They're epic questions.
3: Yeah. So, I will ask a question. There are only
0: 4 presidents on Mount Rushmore, and it's epic. It's it's huge.
3: So uh, I'll I'll ask a question, you guys uh, will have multiple choice to choose from, and then we will find out who the victor is at the end. So question number one, jerky comes from the Spanish word charqui, which means long, thin strips of dried meat. What was the original English word for beef jerky? So, Mm. um, Is it A, jerk meat, B, beef and jerk?
2: Or C, jerk and beef. Jerk meat is the first one. Is that correct? Yeah. I'm gonna go with jerk meat.
0: Jerk and beef.
2: Jerk and beef is correct.
3: First recorded in English by John Smith in 1612. John Smith. Yeah. Wow, with Pocahontas. Yeah. No. Yeah. Jerk. And Way beef. back, I made up beef and jerk because I yeah was well, good. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, so, that was Jared. Right? Okay, what was the main purpose? What was the main purpose of beef jerky to the Native Americans? To give as gifts to outer tribes, to bring protein-rich foods on long journeys, to use as bait for carnivorous animals, or they didn't eat beef jerky. Those are your four options.
0: So, gifts, food, bait, or they didn't eat it at all. Correct.
2: Long journeys, perhaps.
0: Hmm. I think
3: gifts. Hmm. So long journeys and gifts. All right. Well, that would be really cool as gifts. Like, oh, I really made this awesome yeah. beef jerky for you. Yeah. Let us combine our. Would charms, you like some beef jerky? This, do this friendly beef jerky. <laughs> No, no, it's actually bring protein rich food on long
0: journeys. Mm. So awesome. (laughs) It sounded good. I mean It did Yeah. Yeah. I think I know what they called it, but I don't want to say it out loud just in case it's another question. (laughs) Yes. All right. So next question. (laughs) Not jerk beef or whatever. No, jerkin beef. Jerkin' beef. (laughs) Jerkin' beef.
3: What year did an explosion in a manufacturing facility create a shortage of Slim Jim products nationwide? What year did this happen? Yes. 2001, 2004, 2009 or 2013. 14913.
2: Think about the wow. news headlines. The the new- beef jerky facility explosion. I mean, you talk about an American tragedy right there.
0: <laughs> there are a lot of upset <laughs> no slim people. Jams.
2: I mean, you know, macho man Randy couldn't even like snap into a slim jim at that point. Um
0: You remember that guy? Oh, I do. Snap into a Slim Jim. Macho Man Randy Savage. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Snap into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) Okay.
3: Thank you, brother. (laughs) Thank you, brother. (laughs) That was Hulk Hogan. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Wrong guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Manly muscle wrestler guy. Uh, um, 2001, 4, 9, or
0: 13. Come on, think about it. Maybe
3: 2000...
2: Nine. I, I really don't
0: know. I think I'm going to go with 13 because I think I covered it in the early days of Live Till 5. I could be wrong. Could have been Macho Man Randy Savage's de- untimely death. But I think it was <laughs> the Slim Jim shortage in 2013. I think. <laughs> All, All right. Those two tragedies. And the
3: and the point goes to 2009. Oh, Occur- are you serious? Occur- okay. I, I have to share the story because I think it's pretty interesting. It had occurred at a plant called... ConAgra, killing four people. The plant sued its contractor, Jacobs Engineering, who paid $108 million. And then those contractors sued back, claiming its actions were controlled by ConAgra, where they won back the money. So basically, they sued the people that had yeah. engineered it. And then, um, but it was
0: the ConAgra that was. Telling them to do yeah. this, which yeah. is like the largest. I think Conagra is one of the largest food producers in America. So
2: yeah, I remember
0: something about the lawsuit. Actually, yeah. Um I maybe that's what, year, what I covered in 2013. Yeah. Was the lawsuit? So. Yeah.
3: So they they paid out 108, and then and then um, there was evidence to Oof. say, All right. yeah. And Chris is winning two to one. Wow. All right. Last question to tie it up, or. Is it the last question? He yeah. said only four questions. Only four? Well, I mean there's I can, only four extra, seasons. I can throw an extra there's one There's only in four there.
1: quarters
0: in a dollar. There's only four there's four quarters directions, in anything. North, yep. southeast, west. That's right. There's only um, four uh, eye colors. Four horsemen of the
2: apocalypse. Yeah. I don't There's is only is four, four real, flavors. Know. You know what? Uh, After an I'll throw, an, ex- I'll
0: throw in an extra
3: uh, <laughs> an extra question that that okay. Okay. it's just for the fun Okay. All right. But fourth question. How much weight does the meat lose during the drying process? Beef jerky. Ooh. 30%, 60% or 90%? How much
2: how much of its weight is is lost from Oh, it's got to be high. Could be as much as 90% because if you think of a yeah. Um is, it, is 60% one? Yes, 30, 60, 90.
3: to be consistent with my answers. So I...
0: My gut was telling me 90, so I'm going to go with 90. I'm thinking that would turn it into a meat disc that would be inedible. You think so? <laughs> I think you have to have some moisture. And, and if I remember right, what I read earlier on the show inedible meat disc about the, the differences inedible. <laughs> between the different kinds of salami, I believe dry salami, Genoa salami, is only 30% reduced. Oh, um, And so hard salami, I think is 60%. But beef jerky is a little more like dry salami. I'm saying 30 you both over and undershot. It was sixty percent. There you go. Okay, so it's more like a hard salami. About Got it.
3: Sixty percent of its moisture and original meatiness goes away during the drying. Three pounds of meat equals about one pound of jerky. So, the next and final question is something i'm just i kind of thought of on the spot and there's no multiple choice
2: for it i want to start this company called hard meat disc that he was talking about a minute ago (laughs) inedible inedible hard hard meat meat disc (laughs) disc. yeah that's people love it final question (laughs) okay
3: it's a personal one what's my favorite fruit drink
2: what is Sebastian's favorite fruit fruit drink? drink. It's,
0: it's not a crazy fruit, so just... No, it's a juice type drink. Yeah. Okay, it's... based on So if oh, I name I the know. fruit, if I, I name the is. fruit item, then Yeah. yeah. okay. It's grape. Um I remember I'm gonna say us talking about this. If I understand Sebastian's ethnic heritage, <laughs> um <laughs> you and think that has part to do with it? it I think it's the it is the uh, napole, which is the the fruit of the yucca cactus plant, also called the tuna. It's a it's a it's a the tuna. It's called a tuna. It is mm. called a tuna, and it's the the fruit of the yucca plant. It's a bright red fruit called the nap napole, I think. So I would go with napole. Mm, very good. I will answer with this. That's a good grape drink. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I knew, right.
2: See, we discussed this on the show. See, I don't remember that
0: you, discussion. It might have been when I you was You hated grape. You were like, you can't turn grape y- into any oh, pie. Oh, grape is nasty. Can, can grape be a pie at all? No. Grape cannot be pie. Cannot our- The jelly, grape jelly. Boy, you got me on a rant again. I, <laughs> now I do remember this conversation. Yeah. Grape is terrible. Grape should never, uh, other than... You know, you know juice. what else is terrible? You at this quiz because you only oh, got one point. That's <laughs> true. Ouch! Okay, all right, you got me on that. That is. Sorry, I don't true. mean to be such a jerk. No, no. Oh, oh. I got it. Uh, yeah, you're jerking beef. Uh, I, you are what you eat. So there you go. You're grape mm. jerking beef right I'm a there. Beef jerk. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, Sebastian, before you go, and Chris, well, I still got you here. Strange things that the TSA has found in luggage oh. just this year. Plenty and of
2: jerk and beef, I'm sure.
0: I just saw, <laughs> I read an article uh, from Reuters about someone that tried to um, smuggle finches, like some kind of oh, rare dear. exotic bird, yeah. in a, in a box, and um, they got caught at TSA. So, uh, and then you hear about all these other crazy, you know, people strapping animals to their body or other things so they can import them into the country illegally. Which is kind of just silly because th- those X-ray machines are going to spot that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, here's one though: they found a python in a uh, in a hard drive. So in an external hard drive, they took a python and they wrapped it up in a uh, nylon stocking. And the the python is actually called a um, uh, let's see a ball python, and it balls up into a little ball. Why did they take a python? They were taking it out of the country to Barbados, which would be, you know, an invasive species. So I can see why people would have a very hard time with that. Here's one that's really um, ignorant. Someone took on a plane um, at O'Hare, Chicago O'Hare. Oh no, a fake bomb, including fake dynamite, strapped to the top of a fake uh, of a real clock with a fake timer on top, with fake wires all over it. They actually took this in their luggage. Was that some sort of... uh, uh, Like a prop or something? Well, a a response to the kid who made a clock, but it looked like a bomb. No, this is actually a (laughs) bomb that looks like a bomb, but doesn't work. Here's another one. Firecrackers. Killer crackers. Um, Someone was trying to smuggle these um, this year. Uh, Big boxes of firecrackers. Wedding-themed hand grenades. I'm sure uh, someone that ordered these uh, through, through uh, Amazon is probably thinking twice, but yeah. anti personnel hand grenades with um, groomsmen painted, grooms' tux painted on it. And I guess they're fake, but you're not allowed to carry fake weapons onto a flight. You're also not allowed to carry, like, for example, this is a glove from a, a horror movie, basically, that has um, razor blade fingertips. I mean, if you can't carry uh, nail clippers, you definitely cannot carry a glove that has um, deadly weapons on the ends. Giant scissors. These scissors. Now, you would think this, this is maybe a little more silly. Because these scissors, they're used for cutting ribbons and like grand yes, openings and stuff. Yeah. And someone tried to carry these on and they were confiscated. A little, little more innocent, probably. Yeah, they were I mean, just was, getting to yeah. their building opening or exactly. whatever. Exactly. It's not, they're not gonna, yeah. what are they gonna do? But <laughs> you're not allowed to take small scissors. So it is yeah. logical that you also cannot take three foot long scissors. Yeah. Um, someone carry, this one here uh, is a phony, like a fake improvised explosive device, like what they oh. actually blow planes up with. Great. Um, Someone had a fake one, and what it was is they were going, uh, let's see, it caused six checkpoint lanes to close at the Newark Liberty International Airport this year. TSA later learned that the man carrying the IED in his carry-on bag was traveling to Florida to participate in a training event focused on x-ray detection and explosive devices. So he was probably looking for a great opening illustration, if he could get through security with that thing, because he could show it to the crowd, and he didn't get through security with it, they confiscated it, because... He was going he was going to an X-ray yeah. convention basically.
2: But but uh, you should also look up the stats of the officials trying to sneak things through and how many get through. At one point it was 86% really? of everything they tried to sneak through got through. And there's videos of them before Congress and Trey Gowdy and and some of the other people in Congress. Uh, interrogating the TSA people about their abysmal record Mm. because what they do is they set up these scenarios where they try to smuggle through fake Mm
3: -hmm. uh,
2: uh, materials of different sorts bombs and and things like that and uh, they have an abysmal record there's there's a lot of kind of viral videos online of interrogations of uh, Homeland Security. I think it's Homeland Security people uh, for their abysmal record uh, of failed searches. So uh, be not deceived. Yeah. It's, well, they, they caught the three a foot long record. scissors.
0: They caught the three yeah. foot long scissors. <laughs> right. And they caught the um, ice cube bullets. These are look oh. like handgun bullets, but they're made for um, alcoholic drinks. Oh, ice cubes. Ice. I guess you you chill those. Um, yeah. An inert mortar bomb, like a World War II bomb. Oh. Um, that was inert, to to but take. they tried to carry it in their luggage. Um, and then the last one was someone packed their cat in their suitcase. So now, if you did that, does that mean you're a cat lover? Or does that mean you really hate cats? Because the chance of a cat living through that, you no. know. Yeah. So, it's cold. It gets
2: cold in it those cold cargo holds. And, yeah,
0: absolutely. Maybe you're yeah. trying to get rid of the cat or you want the cat to get confiscated. Mm. You basically put a cat in a suitcase with a bunch of ugly old clothes. They take the clothes off your hands. They take the cat off your hands. It's a win-win scenario. You spend a couple of days locked up, but <laughs> yeah. at least you don't have to break yeah. it to your kids that you, know, that you took the cat back to gain. So anyway, I'm going <laughs> to cross the line there. Here's one more, and I'll let you guys go. Um This is from Reuters. They have this this page under Lifestyle, I think, called Oddly Enough. Sometimes they'll have some interesting stories. This one's out of Sydney. An Australian man triggered an emergency police response after a noisy exchange with a spider. Startled a passerby into reporting what sounded like a violent disturbance. A neighbor was walking past the house in the West Coast city of Perth on Wednesday when they heard the man repeatedly yelling, quote, Why don't you die? End quote and a toddler screaming. The neighbor then called the police emergency number. Uh, This is the quote. Multiple police units responded with lights and sirens, uh, reports said. Uh, The the tweet, the Twitter feed that, that talked about this, showed what appeared to be law enforcement communication log that included initial emergency call, followed by an update 15 minutes later that said, quote, police spoke with all parties who advised that the husband had only been trying to kill a spider has serious fear of spiders, in brackets there, end quote. (laughs) Uh, The log said the man, quote, apologized for the inconvenience to police, end quote, and that there were, quote, no injuries cited except to the spider, and no further police involvement required. So, very interesting. So, if you're screaming at a arachnid, make sure that um, you put a sign out saying just yelling at spider or something like that. Something to try and help ease people's minds because they get really worried about that kind of stuff. So, (laughs) <laughs> anyway, Sebastian, what are you doing this weekend? Um, well, eating good foods. Yes, and, healthy. Uh, yeah. Uh, preparing
3: for a winter camp. Or not, win- a camp. Yeah, winter yeah, camp yeah, next, yeah. next winter week. Yeah, winter
0: camp with the students that uh, English is second language to Yes. Tours. Great. Yeah. What's your role going to be with that? I'll be helping kids out um, throughout the day pretty
3: much and uh, teaching them some just conversational English stuff.
0: Will we still hear your golden pipes giving us the weather report every day? Of course. And the verse of the day as well? <laughs> of course. All right. Great. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Sebastian. Yep. And um, listeners, this is episode 297. I want to invite you to come back after this short break where we're going to talk about some kitchen gadgets, probably have a little little touch of news sometime in the next 30 minutes as well, and uh, wrap up with an invitation to Harvest Baptist Church. You're listening to Live Till 5 here on KHMG. 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barrigada, Guam. Back after this short break. back with a little more live till five Sebastian had to jet but Chris is still here and we were talking during the break about uh my my article there about TSA and all the crazy things they found in people's luggage luggages this year and there was recently an article and Chris was jogging my memory about uh some news about TSA and he went back and did a little research Chris uh, fill us in on that this
2: is from Forbes, and this is actually from a, a year ago, November 9th, 2017. This was the a little more comprehensive view of things. And it asked the question right at the beginning, when does a 70% failure rate actually represent an improvement? Well, when you're talking about the efforts of the Transportation Security Administration, or TSA, to detect weapons at airport checkpoints, that's when it represents a Uh, an improvement undercover investigators working for the department of Homeland security's office of uh, inspector general managed to sneak fake guns, knives, and explosives through checkpoints earlier this year. That was in 2017, getting the mock weapons through a depressing 70% of the time. There is an unclassified summary regarding this. And the quote from it is we identified vulnerabilities you think with the TSA's screening performance, screening equipment and all pro- associated procedures, the exact failure rate is unclear because the numbers were released. Um, the, the actual numbers were released in a uh, House Homeland Security Committee hearing. But CBS News reported the failure rate of more than 70 percent. ABC said it was 80 percent or that was in the ballpark. That's a quote from ABC News. Whatever the exact number is, the chairman of the House Committee on Homeland Security said it was, quote, disturbing. That's Michael McCall, Republican of Texas. But in the world of government airport security, missing 70 percent is apparently an improvement over a similar test two years ago, which was in 2015. And this is where all the clips of the. Congress people uh, interrogating the Homeland Security people come up, and that is that they failed to detect 95% of weapons smuggled through, not by somebody trying to trick them, but by their own internal investigations, 95%. Some idea of the magnitude of the task being faced by the TSA with whatever degree of success can be uh, gathered by the commissioner, David Pasoski's statement before the committee, he said in 2016, our transportation security officers screen more than 760 million passengers and more than 2 billion carries on carry ons and check bags at approximately 440 airports nationwide. So um, they're basically giving you a magnitude and saying that it's virtually impossible to detect that 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 uh, I'm sure there's um a lot of truth to there being the magnitude being so great that it becomes an impossibility but we're told quite often that uh we're quite safe uh in airports uh, the fact of the matter is free societies are dangerous that's that's the the bottom line but yeah about a 70% failure rate as of November of 2017 again that's by their own records not uh not not someone just reporting on the records. I'd like to see newer numbers and see if they've got it down. Yeah. Or, to sixty maybe. Or because something like the
0: that. you know there are a lot of hardworking, goodwilled men and women working in TSA. I mean here on Guam, I'm sure there are some wonderful. I'm sure every one of them's great. But uh, maybe it's a it's a technology thing. Maybe it's uh you yeah. know there's there's got to be. Uh, some primary stream that that is coming through you know it's it's i don't yeah. think it's it's going through the giant stand up x-ray machine it must be going through the baggage or the equipment something like that
2: well and and the uh the prospect of uh keeping us safe by doing those kinds of things was always a daunting task and it's a pretty new task as well it's a fairly new Activity. Yep. Uh, therefore, there was always going to be problems. So it's not to be blamed on the personnel, probably in particular. Um, more to be blamed on the fact that it's a very large problem with very, very complex
0: solutions. Yep. So, yep. yep. All right. Well, let's, let's change the subject to something a little more, a little more, you know, lull us into, uh, uh, False sense of security here. Okay. So I'm going to read through a number of fad. Speaking of safety, I
2: hear, I see a, a, a some sort of a, a food processor on the back. Yes. I this, see safety issues with that. Exactly.
0: Myself. So these are good segue. These are, these are fad kitchen gadgets. Fad meaning they kind of were super, super popular, kind of the way the instant pot is right now, but they do not currently. Retain the same popularity they had at that when they first came out, and I want to ask you: Did you have any of these gadgets uh, in your home, whether growing up or since you've been married here, um, or when you're single? I guess the toasted sandwich maker. You can tell this is a BBC um, or a a, from the United Kingdom, The Express here, but uh, so the way they say it is a little different than us. But a toasted sandwich maker. Did you ever have one of those? I've seen that, but I never had one. We found one in a yard sale, probably. 20 years ago, when we had it for, I thought it was the coolest thing. Yeah, you make like a grilled cheese or hot peanut butter and jelly. I thought it was just awesome, um, but you know, we used it a couple times, and then it just went to the what I call the appliance graveyard under the cabinet. Um, a slow cooker or crock pot. Oh yeah, we cook yeah. with that. Deborah cooks with that pretty
2: regularly. So
0: it's really yeah. not. Maybe it was a fad in the UK, but not so much here. Yeah. Um, a bread maker. This is what got me. Got me looking at it. Do you guys use a bread maker?
2: And De- Deborah uses it to make uh, the dough for different things. Mm-hmm. So she spins the dough up in there, and then uh, uses it for breadsticks and for pizza crust and that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah. 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 So we. Use so you guys use your bread maker? There yeah. you go.
0: So I was uh, talking about this is bread maker baking month the month of january so oh. Oh, we used that, to have there. one we had a zojirushi which was really nice we used it for years but then it kind of i don't know i'm not sure why we we got rid of it but we did a juicer have you ever used a juicer before i have seen one in someone else's house is that what that is yes yeah, yeah it, mm-hmm. it it basically grinds up fruit and vegetables and then spins it so that only the liquid comes through the sieve and then you yeah. throw discard all the rest of it yeah uh, the George Foreman Grill. Did you ever have a George Foreman Grill? It's no. kind of like that toasted sandwich machine, but it's more for meat. And no, all the all the no. drippings run off. Okay, uh, ice cream maker. Did you ever have a countertop ice cream maker?
2: Um, we didn't. We had the the old fashioned kind of ice cream
0: maker. Yeah, yep. yeah. Did you hand crank it, or did it have a motor on? It had top? a
2: motor on top.
0: Yeah, those yep. are the best. Those are the best. Um, something that's really popular still, I think, for like. Um, wedding gifts is this soda stream machine where you can buy the people register for these like at yes. macy's and things and you can get the the flavoring and then you put the water in and then it it injects the uh, co2 into it and makes carbonated beverages hmm. it's kind of a, a first world thing okay so here here's the one that i was trying to get to because those are all um what they call fad gadgets a couple of them are still out there and Many of our listeners probably still have some of those under their cabinet. But this is one I haven't seen. I think it originated in the UK. And it, it ties into something Chris has talked bef- talked about before, the, the full English breakfast, right? Yeah. So this thing's called the master pan. And it's on that list of, of bad gadgets. And it's basically just one pan that you can cook the full English on, theoretically, yeah. right? So it's a pan with... Six compartments. This is the copper version down here, different brand, but basically the exact same thing. And then this is the what you think is going to be cast iron. It's actually um, uh, heavier, and it's made out of xylan, basically a double layer nonstick coating on a on a metal pan. Isn't that the sweetener in your beverage there? <laughs> yeah, it's xylitol or something. Oh, okay. so and I looked up the Amazon. Uh, this for fifty dollars plus fourteen fifty four shipping to Guam. You can order a master pan. Um, Allows you to use only one pan to cook a full meal. Uniquely designed five compartments um, that allow you to cook everything you need in a single pan. Even though the master pan is quite large in size. At least they're honest about that. It only requires one burner due to its heavy gauge metallic base plate that distributes the heat evenly through the pan. Non-stick and stainless stain resistant. And then uh, let's see here. Oven and dishwasher safe. Once you're done cooking with the master pan, you can put it in the dishwasher or place it under hot water for an easy clean. Master plan, pan is also oven safe up to 350 degrees. So you can just slide it right in the oven as well to keep everything hot. So it's uh the interesting thing about this is I looked up some of the the uh, user like the stars. Reviews. Yeah, reviews. Yeah. And they're they're very polarizing. You either have oh, really? five star people On or internet? one star no. people. Yeah. So I think it's more of a measure of what kind of people like to leave comments, not sure. necessarily of yeah. the product. But five out of five stars. This thing is great. I've prepared a bunch. I've prepared bunch of different meals using the, you know, Master Pan. Hmm. Uh, it says, this thing is great. I've prepared a bunch of different meals. There they go. They just did it again. They repeated the same thing in the, in the line there. Using various compartments. Onions and peppers in one. Sausage in another. And fried noodle a third. One burner, one pan. Terrific. Okay. Here's a one out of five stars. Sorry I bought it. Uh, Doesn't cook evenly. It's really heavy, which makes it hard to wash. It has no cover. And that little extra handle gets really hot. (laughs) Um, Price was expensive. I don't know what made me buy this pan. I wish I hadn't. Too late to return it. That was from February 25th, 2018. So... That's a more recent one.
2: Well, you got to tell what's in the English, full English. What is in a full English? Just just well, so people what they know have what they can make. You that, have your sausage. not exactly. You have your ham. You have your bacon. You have tomatoes, eggs, mushrooms, and there's no pudding in that. But, no, uh, no. That's not a real traditional English. No, no. The original
0: but, picture I saw looked yeah. like a full English, and it was a... UK version. It was, I yes. think, a UK advertisement right. for the Master Pan. This, I think, Amazon knows where you're ordering from, and it kind of right. gave the the US uh, look to the ad.
2: We still haven't. We
0: still haven't tried the uh, crockpot croc pot. version ready. of the traditional English. I'm we ready. Should try that. You use the big, big crockpot. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah. We need to. We need to get on that. Let's do it. Kids
2: love. Our kids love the full English. We only have it
0: once in a while because it's yeah. not exactly right. a super healthy situation. Yeah, it's not real convenient either, right? No, it's not convenient either. Did but you guys do the tomato it. We do tomato the with it, right? Too. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah, that's absolutely. probably one of my favorite parts of that. So yeah. Yeah. cool. Well baked beans. Oh
2: man, it sounds good. And those little sausages. One one more comment. You know the other uh, I would say faddish uh, kitchen device that we have? It is a
0: quesadilla maker. Oh yeah. Yes. And that thing's great. Yeah. It's kinda like the toasted sandwich maker. It is. It's a it's a a panini press type thing. It just yeah. has two it's it's like a waffle maker. It is. Matter of fact, I made a grilled sandwich with our waffle iron a couple months ago. It works just as good and it gives it a cooler effect. Wow. Yeah. That's, you can just use your waffle maker. That is um It's a little messier to clean up because of the little waffle divots, but um, you know, you can make, you, basically, they're all the same device, just different. The, matter of fact, the sandwich one we had, you could use for quesadillas and meat and waffles, and you literally just flip the little metal inserts around.
2: You see what I said about um, limitations, uh, increasing your creativity?
0: Yep. yep. It's true, It's right. cooking. It's, I felt like a bachelor again when I used to heat up my uh, SpaghettiOs with my uh, clothing iron. Yeah, yeah, that was now that would, may be dangerous. I would put a I'd put the iron I'd put a, a a dishcloth on the on the bathroom countertop, take a can of either canned spaghetti or ravioli or spaghettios, peel the label off, of course. Yes. I'm not I'm not dumb. And then he put the <laughs> iron on high okay. and set it on top of the can for as long as I could be patient, which was about 3 minutes. Then I'd take a sock over my hand and flip it over and put the iron on the other side. And what it would do is half of it would get up to about 94 degrees, and the other half would get up to about 110 degrees. And when you flip And then there's it. a there's a little bit in the middle that's still like 64 degrees. And so you kind of stir it together, and it all becomes like a homogenous 80 degrees. So it's not quite cold, and it's not really hot. Right. But because it's been canned, I don't have to worry about botulism or anything crazy like that. And that's what I would do.
2: My dad used to say, I'm not as dumb as I look.
0: I, I would say that, but then people would yeah. uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> suspect that I'm, that I'm exaggerating a little bit. So, yeah. Well, Chris, hey, thanks for all your help on the show today. Yep. And uh, hope you get some good pictures this weekend. Listeners, stick around. I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, a little more live till five. Some kitchen gadgets I want to talk about. And maybe you can think through which ones you have in your kitchen. And uh, feel free to send me a message on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam. Send me a private message there. Let me know what kitchen gadgets that I list off that you have in your cabinet. Give me some ideas for future episode topics. And uh, stick around for more Live Till 5 after this short break. And we're back with a little more live till five. Talking kitchen gadgets today. The Bravo website has a, a page called The Feast. And this article here from about a year and a half ago says, Beware, these are the five most dangerous gadgets in your kitchen. And one just caused a death. Probably inspiring them to track these. The one that killed someone or led to someone dying, apparently, was the whipped cream dispenser. Have you ever had one of these? The whipped cream dispenser. It is uh, a kitchen tool. It's been responsible for multiple injuries, including broken teeth, fractures, and uh, popular French fitness blogger Rebecca Berger just passed away after one of these dispensers exploded, hitting her in the chest and causing a heart attack. The problem lies with the defective siphons that aren't designed to withstand the gas pressure, causing them to explode. I guess you put a little CO2 cartridge in there and you make your own ready whip. But, um, yeah, if you still have one of those in the kitchen, they've pulled all those off the shelf since 2015. Or they've, they've remade them since 2015. But you have something that's older than 2015, like maybe you got married in 20. 20- 08 or 2010 and you have one of these under the cabinet you might want to toss it get a new one here's one that you've always known is unsafe and you always kind of get the shutters when when you see someone else using it but sometimes you just need to use it the mandolin the mandolin you know it's like one of those razor sharp guillotine blades that you run your fingers back and forth over the edge quickly so you can thinly slice vegetables and if you just use your bare fingers you are taking your life into your own hands. Yeah, that's one of the most dangerous, dangerous things. Very sharp blade. The oyster knife. Oyster knives, they have a, a actually a rope on them that goes around your wrist for a reason because oysters are slippery and wet and slimy. And then you use this knife, which is sharp. It's not the sharpest thing in the world, which is probably good, but because when, when you you're shucking an oyster... Um, you're holding the bivalve in one hand and you're trying to pry the shell, shell open with the knife in the other, the knife slips and you could stab yourself with serious force right in the hand or right through the hand. Another one that you see on a lot of cooking shows that you might or might not have is the immersion blender. You have to be careful with the immersion blender. You can lose a finger with that thing. And um, when you're washing it, you got to be careful, too. Those blades on there are super sharp. And then probably one that every household has, but we've all probably had a few nicks and scrapes from this, is the cheese grater. Um, it's, it's not a, a power tool at all. It's actually um, something that's just kind of a static thing. But if you're trying to get down to that last little piece of cheese, and cheese is a little oily and slippery... And then you try and grate it. Those little little openings are very sharp. And you can, you can really hurt yourself on a cheese grater. So be careful out there. How about the best-selling kitchen gadgets on Amazon that aren't the Instant Pot? So number one, far and away, Instant Pot. And many of you have one. But here's some of the other ones that are also best-selling. Uh, let's see here. The Spiralizer Ultimate Vegetable Slicer that kind of eliminates a little bit of the the mandolin uh, the need for the mandolin because it basically has a mandolin attachment on it and it has a cheese grater attachment on it. Uh, the Oziri Digital Kitchen and Food Scale. These are all from Amazon top selling gadgets. The Hamilton Beach Coffee Pot uh, Maker, and so you can make one pot, a small pot, or you can put your thermal carafe under there and it'll make one for you. The Mueller Immersion Multipurpose Hand Blender, one of the most dangerous kitchen gadgets I just mentioned. The Dash Rapid Egg Cooker. The little gadget cooks eggs five different ways with minimal cleanup required, scrambled, poached, hard-boiled, soft-boiled, and omelets. And you literally put the whole egg in there and it takes care of it for you. The Nutribullet 12-piece High-Speed Blender on Amazon. Very, very popular. Uh, Let's see here. Cuisinart Food Processor. $170 $170 for that one on Amazon. The Mueller Ultra Speed Boil Electric Kettle. This one's cool because it's clear, so you can see the water boiling in there. Only $30. The Breville Juice Fountain Plus, $120. And then the Cozina, or Cozina Air Fryer. I just saw one of these on my good friend Cliff's countertop, and they use it all the time, and they like it. I think they even cooked a steak in it the other day, so air fryer. Here's some of the most expensive kitchen gadgets. A lot of them, uh, like the Blendtec Stealth Blender, cost $2,330. It's like one of those commercial ones you see at a smoothie place. Um, Let's see here. The the Sub-Zero Wolf, Wolf is the brand, freezer drawers, $4,250. The Mug90, the M-U-G, N A I N I, Mug 90 or Mug 90 wood fired pizza oven, $8,500. You can install that in your kitchen, in your condo. The Hammaker or Hammocker juicer, $9,900. The La Cornu rotisserie, where you can actually have rotisserie chicken in your kitchen, that's only a cool $10,000. The Venus Century Espresso Machine. If I was going to buy anything in this list, these bougie kitchen gadgets, I would get this one. This is one of those copper kettle. It looks like something that would say exterminate uh, when you go up to make your your espresso. It is beautiful. The the Venus Century Espresso Machine. It is so classy. At $20,000, it should be. Uh, The Speed custom-made corkscrew, though. This this corkscrew, okay, for opening wine bottles, $70,000. That's a lot of money. And finally, some weird kitchen essentials. The adjustable rolling pin, that's a new one out there. The avocado slicer, these are things that, you know, you might find at one of those uh, home parties. Burger press, the butter cutter, the chork, which is chopsticks and a fork, kind of all in one. You got to check those out, the chork. Cooking mesh, draining sieve, pot attachment, finger guards. That would be good for using those uh, mandolins. The fridge pad for iPad. You can actually attach your iPad to the fridge so you can watch things or look up recipes. The heating knife. This knife has the actual heating element in it so you can cut through things. The hot dog slicer. That's good for children because they can choke on hot dogs if you don't have the the portion small enough. Marinade infusing meat tenderizer. The meat shredders. I saw Alton Brown uh, review these on Bon Appetit on YouTube, and they don't make a lot of sense, but they look like cool weapons. The oil mister. The potato press. The slip on bowl spout. So you can pour things out of a bowl. It's a pretty neat little idea there. Looks like one of those as seen on TV shark tank things. The snug, the strainer, cutting board. The Sushi Bazooka, I saw this used online, and it actually works okay. And then uh, finally, the Water Bottle Ice Cube Tray, and it actually creates ice cubes that will fit into a small mouth water bottle. Very interesting. A lot of neat little gadgets out there. Maybe for Christmas you got a few of those. I know um, that's a pretty popular thing to do this time of year, and a lot of times we end up with more stuff than we need. And as we look back, of course, I hope you all did have a great Christmas break. We sure did, and um, we were here on the air with you the last two weeks, trying to enjoy the Christmas season together, of course. but uh, And I hope you're getting off to a good start for the new year. One way to get off to a good start for the new year is to be committed to being at church every Sunday. That's a good start. Let's say you've been struggling with being consistent in attending church. You know what? It's a great time to just kind of start with a clean slate. Be at church this Sunday. And I would encourage you, go to a church where they open the Bible and they speak from God's Word, because that's where the authority comes from. God's Word. It is so powerful. It it pierces way down into our soul. And it's, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, the book of Hebrews says. And I'd encourage you, go somewhere where they preach and teach God's Word. If you do not have a church home that fits that description, please come visit us at Harvest Baptist Church. We would love to have you. This Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. is our Sunday morning worship service. If you've never been here before, that's the service to make it to, because that's an opportunity if you kind of see the whole thing, the music, uh, the prayer time, the scripture reading, the preaching. You get to be there with the whole, the, the larger congregational body. and So we'd love to have you visit us Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. We're right here off of Route 8. Where the Mobile McDonald's is, just come down Sergeant Roy T. Damien Jr. Street, and you can't miss our campus. We're about a mile behind the Mobile McDonald's there on off of Route 8 on Sergeant Roy T. Damien Jr. Street, 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning. We do have classes for all ages starting at 9.30 a.m., and uh, this Sunday, we have a guest speaker in our auditorium class for the adults, but we have teen and children's classes, nurseries provided. Sunday evenings at 6 p.m., we have a family Bible hour, totally different kind of service, a little more casual, all the families together, a little shorter service, practical, and uh, opportunity for you to come as well. And really, the best way to do it is to come to all three. Come at 9, 9.15 on Sunday morning, swing by our coffee shop. We have free coffee in there. Then come on into to pick a class, the Adult Bible Fellowship class, get the kids to their classes, come to that Sunday school hour, then stay for the church service, go home, have family time, rest, do what you need to do in the afternoon, then come back that evening for a bonus time, that family Bible hour. You won't regret it. it really will help you grow. It's really good for you, and uh, we would love to see you here. And we also have services on Wednesday evenings, Wednesday evening, 7 p.m., we have teen group, we have children's ministry, and then we have adult prayer meetings and classes. We have a number of them starting up here very soon. We'll probably say more about that in the near future. And that about wraps it up for episode 297 of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's Friday, January 4th, 2019, 2019 the first show of the new year, the new broadcast year, and we're glad to have you with us today. Thanks to Lawrence Nangas for this day in history, Sebastian Basildua for the quiz, Chris for the news, and all those guys for just taking their time to come up here. They volunteer their time to come up here and uh, engage with me and with you, the listening audience, and we're very grateful for you. Catch us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio Guam, and follow us there. Also, khmg.org. If you missed the show, download the podcast. Listen to Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. Have a great weekend. This is Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam.